Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Blood. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today I'm talking to Matt Eisman. You may know him as the host of American Ninja Warrior or as the winner of The Celebrity Apprentice. He got hired, not fired. He's here to share a lot about his health and fitness journey. You can find him on Instagram at Matt Eisman. Matt Eisman, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thanks, Ethan. I appreciate it, buddy. Before we begin, uh, I'm uh, instructed to ask you what it would take for you to sell your drag race, drag queen tro- scepter. Oh, I, you know, it, it, uh, that is, I'm a hugely nostalgic guy. And that is in my office where I've spent the majority of the pandemic opposite the wall where I'm staring at it all the time. Like I, I've got a wall of stuff uh, of, I, I don't know. It, <laughs> maybe it's ego. I don't know. think it's egotistical. It's just when you have these moments. So I, I made a big career switch when I came out to, to Hollywood. I, I was a doctor. And when I left and came out here, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know anything about entertainment and I didn't know if I was going to make, I had no idea. I just thought I got to try something different. And, and the, from the second I've started, I've realized how lucky I am to do what I do. Yeah. Uh, that I love, and I, I found something I loved uh, that to leave a situation that's truly life and death, but as you know, where you can literally pull someone from the jaws of death, you can change lives. You can make such an impact to get to do this and, and, and find something I feel like I meant to do. And then the ridiculous things we're blessed to do, like getting to go on RuPaul's secret celebrity drag race and getting, you know, and, and, and honestly, it's it's I have such respect for RuPaul, who I've known over the years and as such a trailblazer. When I look at who's done so much for civil rights for for people in the trans community, Ru has been out there probably the most visible uh, gender. fluid. I, I don't know the correct term, but but probably been a person out there on the front lines making room for these people and really using pop culture to bring trans into the mainstream. Yeah. And through a TV show. Yeah. Through a TV show that is hilarious and fun. So to get to go on it and feel like, you know, so often TV is mindless. It's, you know, it's just a distraction. And occasionally... You see a show that while being entertaining, while fulfilling its first mission, not trying to be ponderous and pretentious, actually really makes a huge difference in the world, or certainly in America. And so to get to go on that show was so cool. So, you know, in the end, we, we, we all three of us got to win. And this was the first time they had non-drag queens on there. Right. And so for us to be welcomed into this world, a world where, you know, I think for a lot of the drag queens, particularly when they started in drag, this was where they could go feel safe being themselves. And for them now to open this world up to people 
who haven't been in there and, and to really make us feel welcome. It was it was really it felt special. And it, but I was nervous. I was so nervous going in there because, you know, uh, uh, I've done stand up since I moved out, you know, over 20 years. I've, I've been a stand up. I, I, I always appreciate amazing performers. And I we're in West. We're right near West Hollywood. I perform in West Hollywood a ton and I've seen drag queens over the since I've been out here. They are some of the most ferocious performers, dude. Just fearless, and not only fearless, but there's a there's a type of cutting wit that oh. they use, and and they use it relentlessly. Oh my god! And we, so we ended up having to do a roast. Now, as a comic, I'm I'm you know, GPG, and I did a I did a roast of Dennis Rodman once, and thank God it wasn't televised because I bombed. I bombed. <laughs> Like it was Hiroshima. It was awful. It was, I, I was so bad at it because I wasn't comfortable because first of all, I always think the problem with roasts is very often it's, it's people making fun of people. They have no idea saying horrendous things to try to make fun of them and to try to make a name off of them. And so I, I was just like, I, I always feel bad. I, I always want people to like me. I have a desperate need to be liked, hence entertainment. Yeah. And so I just, I hated the roast. And so I was so nervous going into this because you know, like you said, these roasts, are so ferocious and so but we had you know 24 hours to come up with our jokes but it was so much fun because i was working with the queen and and kimchi was just like you got you got to go for it and so right. i ran all the jokes by going am i okay you know i, yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. to I, I mean because because you're real. playing in their world right. too there's a little bit of a, a, a extra pressure there i think but it was so fun and they were you know and they also knew we weren't full-time drag queens, so they were very supportive, like, yay! Right. You but did it was good. So, and it was, Pat on oh, the head. And then we ended up, we got to uh, lip-sync for our lives to Celine Dion. And this is what was funny. They're like, uh, it's a song by Celine Dion called It's All Coming. It's All Coming Back to Me Now, written by Jim Steinman. I know this song. Right. Like, I'm a cheese. So I was like, I, they're like, here are the lyrics. Don't need them. Right. Know this one right. in my rotation. And it was so fun where it's like, you get to go out there and, again, you know, particularly growing up, as as a guy, we were we were very much into the masculine, and I think I was pretty comfortable with like sports and things. But it was I love entertainment. I love you know going out and and trying different things. And it was so much fun to to because when you do, you put this makeup on, it's like you're a superhero. You're transformed. You become a different person. And you know, Rue always says, you put all this on to become who you are. Because when we're walking around so often, that's when we have our masks on. And it was kind of fun, like. To go out there and just have a blast with it and to be in such a, a fun community. So the, that is a very long answer to say the scepter is it's, not for it's sale. Not going, Plus, yeah. I think if I did, RuPaul would come and kick my ass. Yeah. So that would be embarrassing. Well, it's our mutual friend, Michael Malice, <laughs> oh, who he, insisted oh, that I ask. And you know, he's like collects. He's a, a true I, collector. But what I love about him is he doesn't, he collects things that have meaning. And it's yeah. such, and he's, the, the way he approaches it is, when you buy these things, and this this was kind of my point about why I have these things up, you get to have like a touch or look at something, and he and for him it's you know my hard work enabled me to get the money to buy this thing to remind me of a good time and to remind you when things are tough. Going look at all this, these little tokens that I've collected that show that that it's kind of proof of hey when times are dark look what you've done. Yeah, and so I love my office is just filled with all the little. Little little things, whether it was like I got to do Celebrity Apprentice with Schwarzenegger, 
and I have framed. You won, I, I have, right? I did. Yes, win. that's a, nobody I mean, knows I because it was the do. lost year. But you won. That's a big I deal. Did. It was, and and I bring it up so I got you did to not say get I fired. I didn't get fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eisman, you're hired. <laughs> it was, and I have like the and growing up. Arnold Schwarzenegger was it. Right. Like his poster is my, – my, my childhood bedroom is unchanged where, where my house where I grew up. And the Predator poster has been there since 86. And it's like I, I'm now – you know, I, I have a note from him and then I became – I become friends with him. Like we're going to Austria in July. I'm, I'm helping with uh, – I'm hosting a, a climate summit with like John Kerry on world leaders. He's like, wow. Eisman, come along and you know, do some MCing for yeah. me. And it's like, I got to travel the globe with this guy. And so I, I've got this note, like the invitation, that's framed on the wall. And, you know, all the I got to throw out a first pitch of the Dodgers game. And it it's like stuff, bucket list stuff that I've gotten to do. And, and so one of the things I, I always want to have is the gratitude for how, again, I, I, I got to have an amazing chance at a career in medicine and to walk away from it. You know, a lot of people are like, you're, you're insane. You know, that's a career where you really make a difference and it's secure. What kind of doctor were you? I was doing internal medicine. So I was in residency. I'd only done my first year when I, I realized I just kind of had this crisis one night where I go, oh, my God, my heart is not in this. Right. And and it was one of those things where it's medicine is not a job. It's a calling. It really it's a sacred trust. People's lives are in your hand. And it is. It's life or death decisions. And so. I just one night was realizing I, I just felt I felt like a fraud. I felt like I, I, I just want to be out of the hospital. I want to be with my friends or skiing or playing GoldenEye on Nintendo 64, anything. But but being here and I just felt like I am doing a disservice to them, a disservice to me. I'm like, I, I got to figure this out. And so I thought I'm, I'm going to take a year off thinking, you know, thinking I, I got to grow up is what I thought. And I I. You know, I'd, my whole life was just sports and school and, you know, grindstone, next, 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 next. I'd never really stopped to say, what do I really want in life? And so I, I thought I'm going to take a year to clear my head. And I thought I, I've always been, you know, science and school. And, and I thought I want, I've never done anything creative. So I thought, let, let me, I'd done stand up a couple times in med school. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm just going to go out to LA, be a bum for a year doing stand up. And I thought I'll clear my head, and and I thought like I'll I'll grow up, I'll get this out of my system, become an adult, and come back, be a doctor, and be happy the rest of my life. And instead, I got out here, and it was like within two, maybe three weeks, where I was like, I am never going back. I was, and and Ethan, I, did you hear like the uh, the Peter Pan song in your head? Like I don't want to yeah. go. Oh no, that's <laughs> the Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it wasn't as though I said I want to be immature, but it was the joy I got performing. Now, keep in mind, I'm doing crap open mics with like five other comics in the crowd. It's not as though I'm like, you know, on stage at the improv killing in front of hundreds. I'm doing awful open mics. But when I hear someone laugh, I just felt like this is it. This I realized I the thing I liked about medicine was, you know, to make to help people to but I realized I like making him feel better, and that's what I was doing with comedy was making people laugh because, how, how, you know, laugh is it's such a joyous thing. But do, and, do, you, do you think when you find that thing, the the venue is irrelevant? I I, I do. Like, and 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 our mutual friend, it makes me think of what he says to uh, aspiring writers who are like, "What's the point?" And he says, "No, go into the bookstore. 
look at all the books. There's a lot of shitty books. Yeah. That could be you. That could be you. You know? And it, and it's like, if if the thing is writing or doing stand-up, yeah. does it really matter if you're in a stadium? 100%. But I, I, I think, you know, it takes a while because ego gets in the way, right? Yeah. Where, you know, when you're starting out, you love it, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, my God, that, that guy just, you know, he's opening at a club in Poughkeepsie and, you know, the chuckle hut. God, what, what if that's me someday? And, you know, and, and there's always, there's always though, whenever you get to the point where a year ago, 10 years ago, you thought, if I ever get there, I'll be happy. By the time you get there, you've already, yeah. you're like, well, what's beyond that? And, and so it's, it, it does get to a point where, you know, especially starting out, there's a bit of ego of I want to, you know, it's, it's, it's very much. It's it's you're very fragile because you feel like oh if he does better maybe I suck maybe I'm you know, there's a lot of am I worthy am I good enough should I be doing this and it takes a long time before I think you you come into your own and it's it's an ongoing battle I think I I know I still get caught up in well what's next what's after this yeah you know what what am I doing enough God what else could I be doing the first nice car I ever bought myself I was a teenager and I had made some money and I and I was like really thought about what's the nicest car and and spent time designing it and went and picked it up and I, and I got in the car and I felt like this is the greatest car on earth and I pulled out and the first light I came to a much nicer car stopped next to me and I was like this car sucks this car sucks this car's a piece of shit yeah and it's just that you know I think you can talk yourself out of that. Yes, but it's, it's hard because I think instinctually you're just like, what else? What what can I do now? It, and and you know I think I used to tell myself, yeah, but you, you don't don't lose that, don't lose that drive because if you do, you'll stop working hard. And I think that's I think that's a misconception where you know we feel that the in that that insecurity of am I enough or if I get rid of that, then I'll just stop trying. And and I think you know. I'm working hard on that, and and I think for me, I, I've started to realize, wow, when you when you're actually appreciative of what you got, and you go, this is awesome, and and I'm gonna enjoy it, and maybe I'll work, and maybe something more comes, but but a, when you have that appreciation, I I think because people sense desperation, and 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 that's what you know, work begets work, and I remember when I wasn't working, every audition, cotton mouth, and they came in, and you're like, oh God, I hope I get this, and you. They, you, you exude desperation yeah. and it's unattractive. It is. Nobody wants it. They want the, you know, but when you're working, you can come in and be like, I've already got something. Right. So you can go in without the pressure and, and just be that person of, you know, trying to have some, some vulnerability and authenticity in it. And so I, I, I think there's a, when you get that gratitude, all of a sudden, I think a lot more comes your way. Yeah. Because you're not, you know, it, it, it's as though you get out of your own way. Um, but it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's a constant. It is a you know, the, constant the, thing. The battle, you know, you'll never face an opponent like the one in your head. Right. And and, uh, and especially in the middle of the night, a lot of times, it just kicks your ass. Yeah. And then you wake up, you go, what was I wor really worried about? Uh, you talk about RA. You're open. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Right? Have you done anything... Um, nutritional to, to deal so with that this is such an ongoing discussion ethan and this is what's funny because like in medicine in medical school i don't really remember going through nutrition other than well these are some of the vitamins you get and nutrients and by the way vitamins you know if you're eating a healthy diet you probably don't need that was about it you right. know it's it wasn't extensive and I, I, it's it's also it's very hard because you're like well let me look at the data and it's so hard 
to look at, to, to really do a study on something as complex as nutrition and food, because there's so many variables. And, you know, we always hear the fad diets of keto or Atkins and, you know, gluten-free and low sugar. And, you know, a lot of times it's what's anti-inflammatory. Well, low sugar. And I went vegan. I, I went vegan for six months. Um, I, I mean, hardcore where I was like blending a pound of kale a day with some fruit and I felt better. My sinuses were clear, but it wasn't enough. I didn't feel like, ah, the, the I'm walking on air. it. Yeah. It wasn't enough for the, for the difficulty of drinking kale smoothies every day, sure. all day. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And, you know, I, 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 I'm someone who I'm nutrition, I think is my greatest challenge in health and something I literally, I've worked with nutritionists in the past. I'm just working with another one. Really? The problem's not me. It's, it's the nutritionist. Okay, but, uh, now I want to ask you, are you doing that specifically about RA or just to be a healthy? little bit? I, I think it's, it's much more overall my health, um, with the RA factored in, I, I mean, you know, stiffness. I'm also 50, so there is some. You're not Stuff a spring happens. chicken. Yeah, yeah. But but I have. It's inarguable. When I eat better, I feel better. My body functions better. Um, but now, okay, we got to we got to dive into better because better. I get wrapped up in better all the time. Right. And like, for me, better could just be less calories. I have so many versions of what better is right. or what good is. Like, I think this idea of good, what's healthy? Is a bag of Doritos healthy? I don't think so. I just had a bag of Doritos the other night. But they were so good. It's delicious. <laughs> and occasionally, occasionally, at what point right. do you consider that it tips? I, I wish I, you know, I, to me, if, if I still feel like ask, a hundred people, what the right nutrition is, you're going to get eleven hundred answers because yeah. people will have. You know, sometimes I, I'm vegan, but I'm also sometimes yeah, carnivore. And and I'm like, you know what? Hey, if it's working for you, great. For, for me, it, it it's still a struggle because I love awful food. I love deep fried. I mean, every time I go by McDonald's, every time it's like I, mean, I feel the wheel like turn. It's like don't do do it. Yeah. Don't you do it. It's it's a battle, and 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 it's you know ultimately with all of these things, it's 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 your mindset and how you go into it, and that's where I struggle because so often, anytime I mean I see it as what am I going without, what am I missing out on, as opposed to well, you're eating for fuel. Look how much better you're feeling, right. and it's that long term approach. But I'm like, what is right now? What am I putting into my mouth to give me joy? Yeah, and I'm I'm working my ass off. In the gym, I actually was just working out before I came here because nice. I wanted to get a little pump. Yeah, on. I see it. You're <laughs> fucking big dude, I, by the way. When I saw your photos, your transformation has been remarkable. Thank you. Um, and it's you know, and it's it's crazy because on in, you go on Instagram and we always see these before and afters, and a lot of the people on American Ninja where they co- you know, and you see these people and you're like, that's gonna be me. Yeah. But there's a ten piece chicken McNugget after that. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm hoping to work with a nutritionist. The, the goal is to find something that works for me. And again, I know, you know, people can tell you they can give you the plan, but unless you find a reason why you want to adhere to it, more than I want to look good. But that thing of where you're choosing this food and you start to appreciate how it makes you feel, and that's where I struggle. So I I think that's the key to the whole deal. Is like 
what you want out of it mm -hmm. and what you're willing to do. Mm -hmm. And if you're dishonest in any which we almost always are. Yeah. By the way, it's also pretty hard to be absolutely honest right. because, like, you come into a situation, you go, "Wait, I never imagined this situation. Yeah. I never imagined they were going to put." If the... they knew this cake was going to be here yeah. with red velvet, we never yeah. talked about the bacon wrapped hot dogs oh that they're God. served out of shopping carts in Echo Park. Like, I never, I forgot I was going to pass that, yeah. and the corn with mayonnaise, and and uh, and the spicy stuff. Like, I forgot. And so now I'm here and I'm confronted with this and I hadn't imagined, I hadn't posited this situation. Yeah. And so you got to be able to adapt and go like, well. It, my health is a roller coaster journey um, because I, I also think I'm very good at starting out. And as soon as I hit a plateau, I'll be like, I'm, I'm, it's good enough. Right. I'll have a cheat day and that cheat day becomes a couple cheat days and or you skip a day at the gym. It's it for me. To to I, I I've in looking over my life. I'm someone who loves um, a deadline. I love a goal. I love a challenge. But when you're like, this is how you need to eat for the rest of your life, right? And it's like you will feel better. And if you can just adapt to this, this is the key to health, and everything will be better. But it's like, but but right now, you know, after a few, I I, I struggle with that. And that it's, it's all me. It's all my mindset and my approach. And even the fact that I tell this story is me setting myself up going with this nutritionist going, well, I'll give it a shot, but right. let's face it. You know? And, and so it's, and with nutritionists, we got to be honest. They're just, they just have a plan. Yeah. And they're just going to give you their plan. Right. You know what I mean? It's not really going to be drastically different from what their plan is with their other clients. Yeah. You know, Maybe you have a different blood type, and they're just right. going to tweak it for That's that. That's it. You know, or uh, you have some allergy that that guy doesn't have, and so they're removing fava beans. I don't know what. <laughs> I'm making shit up, but, like, it's fava beans. the nutritionist I've been to, it's all just like, well, here's how so I do what, it. what's been your biggest transformation? Diet had to be a big part of it. That's the whole game. Yeah. But for me... Having been to every nutritionist, yeah. I'm sure whatever nutritionist you're at, I was at with them too, or right. with one of their disciples sure. or somebody who taught mm -hmm. them. Um, so I did that for 20 years. And then a few years ago, I, I, I found this idea of moderation and like just changing habits. And it was like, okay, nothing's off limits. However... What do you want from your body and how do you eat to, to get that? Right. And it just became about building my life around that. It was really deconstructing, closer to deconstructing habits like eating in front of the TV. That had to go. That yeah. was absolutely The mindless yeah. eating. Just I don't know why I'm hungrier when yeah. I'm sitting and watching TV, but I am. I could eat yeah. almost endlessly. Yeah. And that, so that's out. You know, it's shit like that. Tell, asking my kids, hey, can you grab me something? That's out. You know, especially if it's food. Right. Grab me a bag of chips or something. No more of that because I benefit from getting up and getting it myself. Right. And halfway to walking there, I can talk myself out of getting it. Right. You know, that, that kind of stuff. And then it was really um, organizing a diet where if I want to be under calories, it's very easy. If I want to be at maintenance calories, it's very easy. And really, it was through practicing maintenance that I learned how to eat. Right. You know, like, how how much can I eat and just stay this size? Well, that is, and it's funny, because I think 
if you ask me, like, well, how many calories did you have today? No fucking idea. Well, yeah, but as of today, I don't know either. Oh, really? Because I've stopped. But you've calories. learned. But I think you, you probably did the work where all of a sudden you you kind of have to put some work in to start establishing this relationship where you're out there going, I don't know, I had some chicken and well, it was fried chicken. Right. You didn't have you know where, yes. where you're realizing like wow that 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 wasn't like a 600 calorie meal that was 1400 calories whatever. Yeah. And I think having that awareness where you can start to do these calculations you know it's you got to do that three six nine months of really being diligent to make it a habit yeah i think and and that's where i or you know and and often because i don't have entertainment rarely do we have a routine right my virtually every day is a little bit different so which i use an excuse where sometimes we're also fed very well at work oh my god what do you want yeah what do you want what do you want we're going to starbucks no you you want a smoothie what do you want yeah are you serious yeah could you bring me and we're gonna bring you we're either gonna bring you a menu every day and you can pick off it or we're gonna have the most elaborate buffet laid out for you yeah it uh it's it's and and i think again it just it really comes down to having that mature conversation of don't don't punt, don't abdicate, don't say, well, whatever, you know, what I'll just eat whatever. It's that making those choices that you seem to I was have just learned. talking to somebody, a younger person about this today who was like, I'm gonna start counting calories. And I said, Why? I wanna lose weight. Okay. Um, but what happens when you've lost the weight? Are you just going to go back to what you're doing now? Because then you're just going to, it's just going to be a cyclical thing. And I said, like, why don't you just eat as much uh, lean protein, vegetables and fruit as you want? As much, like no limit. Right. And then stuff like rice and butter and oil and bread, limit that a little bit. But you don't even have to be crazy, but get rid of fried stuff, get rid of sugar, get rid of that. Just start doing that for a while. I'll bet you lose weight. And water. Yeah. It is amazing when I'm hydrated. My better energy, but you don't eat as much. Sometimes you're like, well, I wasn't hungry. I was thirsty. But but I still ate yeah. a bag of French fries filled right. with salt. Now I'm going to be even more dehydrated. Yeah. It's, it's you know, again, I'm a doctor. I've, I have rheumatoid arthritis. Health has been an issue for me. I've worked with nutritionists. And I still am just. But you're also in, in L.A., which I'm sure you've been sold or attempted to be sold the pitch of like you can eat no, you know, I think it's probably gluten and most carbohydrates because that will be a thing in RA, right? Right. Has that come to you? Has that been yeah, served yeah, to you? Yeah, the, the no gluten and, and it's... Do you notice that? I, I again, I think when I, I... I don't know that it's no gluten, but it's like what are the things that I would eat without a gluten? Right. Like, you know hamburger buns bread yeah. where it's like okay it may not have been the gluten it may have been the vehicle you were getting it in right where you know th- those are the things that taste great and, and same with sugar where when i cut sugar out i'm doing better because a lot of the sugar you know like a piece of chocolate here just oh, a little you know wake up in the morning piece of chocolate and all of a sudden you're like well that was like two chocolate bars yeah that was like 500 calories <laughs> that you just you know kind of kind of ate and and sh- sugar i Fucking deep fried food and sugar. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. Which, of course, yeah. they taste good. They're fantastic. They're, they're and I think we're that's... programmed to like want to eat that stuff. It, I mean, it made sense when like food was scarce because they were calorically dense. Like, oh, you eat this, you have a lot of energy. Great. We, we, we don't need that. Yeah. We, we can give you the abundance. I had quit sugar for years and hadn't had any. And then uh, the guy who started programming my workouts was like, you can have a sugary drink in the gym. And I was like, Phew. 
that's like a real gateway type thing yeah. you're talking to me about. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, no, it'll, it'll be fine. And the first time I did it, I was like a little scared, felt fantastic in the gym. Yeah. Like had rock Quick fuel. sugar. Oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. And then felt no side effect, like felt no kind of hangover. Then I got a little bit loose and I was like, well, if I can have it, I can have it right, right before bed, too full hangover the next day yeah like i think the way you use it yeah. really matters but it's 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 so hard because very often you're pushing yourself in a situation where you're tired you're hungry and then you're trying to make the right call yeah it's like too late yeah you know try to make sure the, the good food is stocked and try to eat before you get too hungry well these are two another two of the things that i changed as far as like really which makes so my life. much sense yeah and yet again because i'm just you know a Little goldfish living in the moment. No, let's go eat. Yeah, there's a McDonald's. Yeah, and and it's it's amazing how, you know, uh, how it, like there's a tender greens nearby, and I'm like, that's a pretty good choice. I can go in there get like some arugula, chicken, and roasted potatoes, and feel good, and it tastes good. Yeah, perfect. But I'm like, I don't they always also do have that. Fried chicken. I know that fried. I did good. order it, and yeah. I got the fried chicken. Yeah. I added it on. It's like a bonus. Yeah, and they uh, have good mac and cheese. It's so good. Like, yeah. That'll fuck me up too. You go in there because you think I'm just gonna get chicken and greens, and you smell it. Yeah, and see it. Yeah. It's it's like movie. That that's movie. I I miss movies so much. The movie I always said like movie theater was my church to go there on this escape, and it's not the same at home because you have your phone, you have your you have all the distractions. The movie theater, the shared experience, and I remember early in the pandemic they had uh, the end of Avengers Endgame where they were showing the video, but you heard the audience reaction in it. And you realize it's like the soundtrack. It just, when people are like, you know, when Cap gets Mjolnir for the nerds, Thor's yeah. hammer, when he gets it, everyone's like, oh, and you yeah. heard that gasp. And I remember being in the theater that, because I saw it at the, the Grove on opening night in the big theater with, you know, thousands of people. And, and that shared experience, which I've missed. And, you know, kind of going back to social media where sometimes you have this false sense of connection or even on Zoom where... And, and this was something I noticed very early on in stand-up. When you'd watch stand-up on TV, there's a barrier. There's just a barrier where you, you can it can be funny, but when you experience it live, it is exponentially greater. Yeah. Because there's such an energy that happens live, that happens with the shared experience. And, and I, you know, as I look at the pandemic, I think of how isolated – we've we've been and you know i I, i'm I'm not married i don't have i don't have a family so i've been alone a lot and i i i you know we did a charity event with some friends and when i saw them it was one of those things that hit me where i i didn't realize how much it had been impacting me the isolation and the lack of real human contact thinking you're getting it with social media going that's a poor surrogate and you know i think sometimes it's it's kind of the same with nutrition where you're you're like, man, you, you eat your protein, you eat that stuff because it's the fuel. And when you don't, it's like you're driving your car with, with you know, you're putting nothing in the gas tank. Yeah, but or the wrong fuel, or you're putting yeah. diesel in, into a, a gasoline engine. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I was thinking about how how different it would be if our cars gained weight if we overfueled them or put the fuel in. Like, we would stop, we wouldn't right. do that, you know what I mean? So obvious, and, and it's so funny how it happens... And you look up, you're like, oh, I gained 15 pounds. Like the pandemic at the beginning, I probably gained 10 or 15 pounds in, in the first month. Yeah. Because just sitting at home playing video games, ordering Uber Eats. Yeah. And I was like, this has got to change. Yeah. The pandemic, uh, I'm a sober person. And I think for anyone who's like 
on a diet or going to the gym as part of their routine or dealing with stuff like sobriety or anything like that where where it involves a group it mm -hmm. involves more than just yeah. you you know what i mean it's yeah. a community you're having some shared experience even down to going to the movies like as a person who doesn't do a lot of social stuff that was a social activity of mine even if i didn't know anybody else there i'm right. having a shared experience fucking tough man yeah really tough and and, and, and I look at it where we're adults. We have awareness. We probably have a better understanding of our feelings. And I think of kids or particularly, you know, young teenagers, adolescents, when you're going through puberty and the hormones are kicking, you're stuck at home with your parents. You're not at school. You're not interacting with other people. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I salute parents. I salute the kids for going through this because I just think it's, it, it has to have been such a challenge for these. Because I remember like, I, I didn't like school. I loved going to school because I got to see my friends. You get to see the cute girl and your heart would beat faster. You get to play sports and, you know, and feel your heart beat faster there. And, and all those things that, that you, you don't have. And I, I, you know, when I look at how psychologically impacted am, I, I, I just, I don't know how the kids got through this. Yeah. I feel like there's, uh, I, I know that the, the overall purpose is education in scholastics, but some big part of school I think has to be social and and just learning to be aware of other people and how other people think and exist in the world yeah. and how it's different you know what I mean and so to shut that down I have four kids uh all of whom go to school in other states all of whom came home for the beginning of the pandemic and uh I, I was just like if this is the way you guys are learning in school what the hell are we paying for? Because yeah. it, it's a lot of like putting it on mute, blacking out your screen, going and doing something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, not to out You're my checking kids a box. to their professors, well. but you know. <laughs> to the professors we're aware. Yeah. Your paper reflects no knowledge whatsoever yeah. of the subject. Yeah. I have a buddy who um, uh, was watching our friend, our mutual friend's kid, and he said at some point he just heard the kid like, laughing with somebody else on zoom and he went over and was like what are you doing and it was just this girl and her friend and they were like we don't know where the teacher is and they were just like talking and having having a day and it's like i you know again i'm not the thing is tough we got to figure it out I, I i don't have like a solution we should have done this but i i agree i think zoom was particularly bad for kids i mean yeah. you know it was all, all you had but it's it's not the same. Yeah. It's a poor surrogate for, for real human connection. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, but it's, it's a silver line, right? We always got to find silver linings and say, all right, well, you know, what will we do different? How, how can we interact differently? Or, or realizing the importance of this, how do we find it, you know, in times that are challenging because, you know, uh, we're hopeful things are going to open up, but you know, will it snap shut again in the, in the fall? Well, do I commit to, you know, really being fully back if it's going to shut down again or do I, you know, kind of dip my toe out. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But I think finding these silver linings of saying, um, you know, for me, I, I was traveling. I was flying every week. I was going to New York uh, for work and and then usually flying somewhere else in the week too to perform, do some other. So I, 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 for over a year, I wasn't home in my house for more than three days in a row. 
And when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden I'm like, I, I love my house. Yeah. And I'm, I'm getting to be there and, and kind of finding that appreciation to slow down and then to say, all right, I wouldn't have slowed down on my own. I w- I'm always, because I, I'm appreciative for work and you, it can, you always fear it, it can end, I'm always like, I say yes to everything. I'm always trying to go and create that next thing. I wouldn't have slowed down on my own. Um, so when I was forced to, like, all right, find the gift in this and then start to say, do I want to be out? as much and the answer is no yeah i really don't i i, I want i don't want to have a lifestyle where i'm not home i want to you know hopefully at some point build a family and um you know leave a a, a real legacy yeah. <laughs> but but it's tough and and so i think i'm i'm trying to say all right well you know you know this now so what are you going to do right how are you going to change going forward when things open up again or are you just going to go back to doing what you were doing before. Yeah, my wife has said a few times she wants you back on the road. Well, soon. no, she she just, <laughs> she's gone. Like, I'm ready to do something. Like, mm-hmm. figure what do you want to do? And I'm like, I didn't ever really want to do anything. Like, maybe a museum if there's an interesting artist, for sure a movie. Right. But like, what? Want to go on a hike? I, I would do that. <laughs> I do a like. Hike. Yeah. I don't want to be around yeah. a bunch of strange people. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I like I don't even know what I miss. Yeah. You know what I mean? I definitely miss movies. Yeah. I do not miss shopping at all with my wife and kids. Like I'm <laughs> I've been so happy to yeah. have avoided that. It's you know, I, I have a friend who works at Amazon. Good year. Yeah. Good year. And and yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I, I it's similar to nine eleven in that I think there are going to be some fundamental shifts of, you know, whether it's masks, whether it's never handshakes. Whatever, where we're going to see some things, and it may be unexpected, but that society life will just be different moving forward. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. Interesting to see what we adapt or what people say. God, we we got to get that back. Let's fight for that. And, right, and this is my kind of view, and it's maybe somewhat pessimistic, but I go like, I'm not a fan of rules and regulations at all, but they've always existed in my lifetime. Yeah, I've never. There was never a point where I went into some situation where it was like you can do whatever you want i don't feel that i have urges to do shit that would be upsetting to people right but i've never i don't know we've never found right. out um <laughs> and t- so it's talking about like, anarchy for a friend yeah for michael <laughs> um I, that's what i was i was hinting at that so i just go like what whatever this new iteration of that is i i think the best thing to do is to do the best you can yeah. within the within you know within this new paradigm that yeah. we're going to experience. Yeah, and, and and there is a certain amount of you know gnashing and wailing and and uh, right. It, it, it's and you know I'm not saying submit to your overlords. No, but but I think that idea of things are going to be different and pe- people are going to be different. Um, and I think you know having a lot of grace and saying we're all going to make some mistakes and. Uh, you know, stumble forward and hopefully to a better place. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm. I mean, I, I. It's funny. I'm still very optimistic about. I think it's this, life. and and this is one of the reasons I love talking about nutrition so much. Um, because at the end of the day, there's no military backing up any of these diets. So you can tell me <laughs> what your favorite right. diet is, and if I decide not to do it, it's not like you know this form of politics where. I have military who's going to force it on you. You know what I mean? So nutrition is so great. But like anything else, it's like 
we I could sit here and tell you that the problem is sugar, right? And as long as sugar exists, I can't do anything about it. Right. It's all just like, how am I going to deal with it? How do I deal with sugar to make it not a problem for me? Yeah. Because it's really the only thing at the end of the day that we can truly be in total control of mm-hmm. is ourselves. Yeah. And so like, yeah, man, I'm sure there are some people that the only reason they're overweight is sugar. And, and, and if sugar disappeared, they would be the weight they wanted and it would be, and like to them, I go, well, God, you got it a hell of a lot easier than I do because my fucking trouble is my, my mind. Right. And and what, you know what I mean? Like I got to talk myself into everything. Um, everything I do, I've got to fucking convince myself to do it. This is like my lot. Yours is just sugar. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. It, 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 you know, and it's, it's, they often say that for addicts, like the problem if you're a food addict is you have to eat. Yeah. It's like, you know, you cannot drink, you cannot do drugs, but if, if you have a problem with food, you still have to eat. You still have to confront that, yeah. that devil and make those choices. And, you know, particularly if you're out, you know, it is one thing where you can control your house, but if you're out and about, you know, the, the smell of the pizza or the fresh-baked chocolate oh chip cookies God. and movie popcorn. Yeah. Oh, my God. I will drink that, but I'm, at the end, I'm just running my fingers in it, sucking it yeah. off. It's, it's By awful. the way, I never ate. I was never a movie popcorn guy, but the Arclight. Which, Spectacular. Their butter is It was another pure. level. Yeah, it was it's, real butter, yeah. I think. Whereas, like, I don't know what AMC was serving, but it wasn't what Arclight <laughs> Liquid had. gold. Yeah. Yeah, the Arclight. The problem is... Their their big popcorn is like it's like a a regular theater's small to medium. Right. Arclight's like no, we're gonna serve normal portions, and it's yeah. still ridiculous. But you're like, oh no, I'm used to I'm used to the tub, <laughs> right? One, and Where then it became you a get bag. a free refill. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah, that's got to be five thousand calories. Pause the movie yeah. for me. I gotta refill my popcorn and my two liter of Coke. I remember one of my favorite things to do is just, I would go to the theater and just when you could kind of and then jump from theater to theater. And maybe see two or three movies in an afternoon. And just, I, I just used to, I loved doing that. Um, and then the assigned seating made it a little more challenging. Yeah. Uh, but, but I got so into it that I found the seats that I liked. Yeah. And I wouldn't go yeah. if those were full. Yeah. I wouldn't go if there were people sitting right on the that edges. Reserving of seats really made it a lot easier. Because it was, especially in LA where people are getting there. An hour and a half, and then like I'm saving this row, yeah. this whole row. Oh, like, fuck come yourself. on, you go fuck yourself. Yeah. This is Southwest. Right, <laughs> butts aren't in seats. I'm taking <laughs> yeah. it. I, uh, I I love it. So I, I'm speaking of nostalgia. I'd saved every movie stub since eighth grade. Wow. And and so I ended up because in my house I'm like I could put art up or I, I, everything I want like the scepter. I want it to be something I that has some meaning to sure. me. It's not just a you know something I bought at Home Goods. So I took all these stubs and I've been collecting them and I'm like, what are we going to do? And so I put them together uh, in a collage in a, in a massive frame and, and created this pastiche. And what was cool was as I was going back, I was like, oh my God, Tango and Cash from you know 89 at, at T- Tiffany Theaters in Denver, Colorado. I'm like, I, I think I want my buddy Gutrich there. And it was so fun because you know all these movie stubs, movie I have been so important, all these movie stubs were such good touchstones of kind of life and where I, when I was in New York going to this the Sony theaters on 68th and Broadway and and all of those and it, it really was fun kind of having like uh you know my life told through movie ticket stubs 
And it was, I just, and then I did the same with like my concerts and sports. Yeah. And it's really cool. I love because people come in and they're always like, "Oh, what is it?" And I'm like, "Those are mine. Like, yeah. those are mine." I put I that did, and this I did represent. Like, yeah, it looks my pretty life. amateurish. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. "Yeah, I did. I did that too. I did that too. Yeah, that's what I That's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, I but, like that. I know. And then people are like, "Well, it's a little bit about you." I'm like, "Have you met me? Right. I'm in entertainment. It's about me. I like this. It's all about me. I know. It is. Do you ever do any of the shit on American Ninja? Warrior I've been banned really? because the last two times I did it, I broke my foot and broke my ankle. And it, it it's so funny because I I watched I've watched I don't know you know twelve thousand runs on the course now however many you know six, sixty thousand obstacles whatever and you watch it and as someone who played sports and has an understanding of physiology I'm like ah I see what they're doing and then you get down on the obstacle and it's like now it's time for you to do it and you're like wow it's totally different yeah like I my body I, I thought I could just will my body to do that it's not and. It's it's interesting because you know I I it's I've been on the show now twelve years, yeah. and so uh, follow all of them on social media and, and you get to know them and you see the the thing that a lot of people don't see is that these people are training every day and they are falling and failing again and again and again and again and again and they're getting frustrated and their hands are getting bloodied and and yet and then eventually they get through it. And then all of a sudden they get better at it. And then, you know, when they're on the course, they make it look so easy because they put that time in. Because we've had, you know, Navy SEALs. We've had Olympic gold medalists. We've had NFL players come out and they struggle. Well, yeah, but you look at it. It's not just like who's fit. Yeah. It's it's like you have to put the time in. You have to put the time in and you have to be, you know. Lean, yeah. <laughs> strength to weight ratio. So that's another. Oh, you know, I'm too big. I'm I got too many muscles for this. Yeah. Um, well, that that's yes, you yeah. do. If you're it's, heavy, you're not doing it. One of the one of the great joys of being on the show is, you know, my my host is Akbar Bajbiyamila, who played uh, in the NFL. He's six six two sixty, has a six pack. He's a phenomenal athlete. That's who plays in the NFL. What's really cool on our show is. Some of the ninjas are, you know, we had Sandy Zimmerman, who's a 44-year-old mother of three kids and a gym and gym teacher in Spokane, Washington. And she's out there right. doing it. And, you know, Jimmy Choi, this guy who's battling early-onset Parkinson's, who this, this season's going to be his last season because he's having to have surgery to implant, Im, implant like a brain pacemaker. But fitness was the only thing that helped him combat his, his Parkinson's. So here's a guy out here. Who's, you know, when you're sitting at home and uh, the thing I love about the show is you watch the NFL, you watch LeBron James, you can, you can work out all you want. That'll never be you. But when you watch our show and you see these people who've, cause it's not the obstacles they overcome on the course. It's the ones they overcome in life. And to be a part of a show, I've been so lucky to be a part of a show where you see the impact of sharing these stories and then people at home who are battling Parkinson's or whatever substance abuse, who the loss of a loved one, they see someone out there going through what they went through and coming out on the other end. And it's just, it's amazing how, how often we'll get stories from these people, you know, just saying, thanks. Thanks for showing someone like me up there and giving me hope that I can do it. And how often we've had someone who, you know, came out and goes, man, you know, a year ago I was sitting on the couch, overweight, depressed, and I watched the show and I thought, maybe, maybe I can do it. And now here I am. And so it doesn't matter what they do on the course. Yeah. The journey they've been on to get there is the victory. And it, it's so cool because, uh, my God, we, so we were just filming in Tacoma. And I must have cried like five or six times a day because you just start hearing these stories. And then you see these people 
you know, whether they fall or whether they hit a buzzer or get through an obstacle, just having a moment where you think, this is the moment. This is a, the moment or a, one of those moments in life where they get to say, I did that. I, I overcame so much. And, you know, for me, it was like when I, when I got to win Celebrity Apprentice or when I got my, you know, these, those moments where you think, I worked for this. When you bought your car and you yeah. have a moment and oh. maybe it doesn't last, but you get a moment that, that you've, you know, especially when it's something you earned, you worked hard, you weren't sure you were going to get it. And you have those moments. And that's, you know, that's why I love Ninja Warrior because it's a, it's a sport that's accessible to a whole bunch of people who might not like traditional sport, who aren't suited for football, basketball, or baseball. I think it's a much better um, kind of example or ad for fitness and exercise yeah. than football or baseball yeah. or basketball. Because those are really, really specific. You know what yeah. I mean? And this is really broad where i still don't think anybody can do that right but i do think it's kind of like but what's amazing is what we see is you can take a talented person and you can take someone who will work hard and the ninjas who do well aren't necessarily the most talented they're the ones who put in the work and you see it where so often you think i don't have great balance yeah have you worked at it right every day for a year right and it's so cool seeing these people and what i love is they share it because so often People want you to see the victorious moments. But I love on Ninja so often they love showing, you know, the fails because they know eventually they're going to get a post the success and it's going to be all the sweeter going. You remember all those falls? Well, it led to this. Yeah. And so it's it's amazing. And I, I think we've seen so many people have transformations through Ninja Warrior and it's not because of the show. It's because of just like you were saying, they've got this discipline now. They mastered this area in life. And then all of a sudden, you know, we had people who've been open about it where they were like, yeah, I was, you know, when I started on this, I was abusing substances. I've now gotten sober. I was, you know, battling depression and, you know, this has helped me um, get my mind right. And, you know, maybe I was struggling with business and now I've, you know, found that discipline. It's because I think so often it's, it's not even the, it's the discipline, but it is that, that idea of, wow, I couldn't do this. I worked hard and I could do it. If that works here. Maybe it can work elsewhere. I think it also really, yeah, exactly. I mean, just the idea of discipline, if you put it in in one area, it will be much easier to put in yeah. in, in other Because you believe in, in yourself. Yeah. And this is another thing, bizarrely, sorry to bring him up again, but Michael Malice talks about like just making progress. Any progress yeah. is a positive gain. And you can once you are aware that you're capable of a positive gain, you can apply that to any part of your life. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So often we're like, if it's not perfect, if it's not great, why am I doing it? Yeah. And it's like, well, when you see those people who are perfect and great, you, you remember they started out somewhere too. Yeah. And maybe they were gifted. Good for them. But for the rest of us, put in the work. Right. Yes. I, we can't all be Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Happened. And even he. He has the work ethic yeah. and the talent That's... and the God given gift of whatever. But yes, the guy works harder than anyone. And and when I look at that's that was I think that's my point about, you know, I think sports are so great because I think sports teach you the lessons of life, you know, about you're going to lose. You're going to face adversity. You're going to be yelled at. You're going to be criticized. You're going to have to work with others. Sometimes it's not about you. It's about the team. And it just teaches you these lessons that if you can learn those lessons there, 
I think they make you a better human being for the rest of your life. And, you know, we all try to learn them somewhere. I just think sports is a great way to do that. Um, and on, that's what I love with Ninja Warriors. You, you know, it's like falling isn't failing. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. It's not going to be perfect because, you know, I think I remember like you're nervous. You're nervous that, oh, I'm going to fail. People are going to laugh. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's, Everybody it, does. As long as you it's get back up and dust yourself off, you haven't failed. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, it's been cool. I think seeing people get that lesson and, and take it and apply it to other areas of life. Listen, dude, I, I, nothing about what I do is perfect, but every time I find myself on a trip with my wife and I go like, well, this restaurant really doesn't have anything that suits my program for today and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to be okay. There's also the voice going, no, you're not. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end. Yeah. And, and I have, you know, like if, if I thought multiple personality syndrome was like a real legit thing, I would be convinced I have it because there's so many uh, voices in my head telling me like, do this, no, do this. And I got to, I, I think back to animal house, the devil and the angel on your yeah. shoulder. And, uh, yeah, it's I, I I think when you when you realize that you know the the battle like we said the battle is with you yeah and and it's it's uh it's tough and so often we want to blame other things or put it elsewhere but it's like well when you when you really start taking accountability for it I think it gets a lot easier because it's like all right good bad or indifferent this is my situation what am I gonna do about it yeah I mean it, it, look. I think, I think sh like refined sugar might have more of a net negative. And again, this is just my opinion, not not uh, not saying it's an objective truth or anything like that. But like, does it do more harm than good? Maybe. Who cares? It is what it is. Yeah, it exists. It exists. Uh, you know. And do you want you know? Do you want people to say no? You can't have it. You you know. Where it's like we're going to make choice. You know, it's it, it's interesting because I think I look at cigarettes and how the the government you know really outlawed cigarettes and in, in um, bars yeah. and I, you know particularly as a comedian we're like oh my god it used to be you know by the second show Saturday night you're just you, you feel like Clint Eastwood's lungs from yeah. High Plains Drift whatever and and, and I, I I think it's it's a challenge because I think. You know, what they did with seatbelts, what the government has done with smoking has been great. But it's always, you know, it's interesting when people are telling you, you know, to to try to have someone tell you what's in your best interest. Yeah. We're making the choice for you. I, it, it It's such a complex system, too, because yeah. I do think that especially today, like we said, there's 10,000 different iterations of like. Here's how you should eat. Here's how you should live yeah. your life. And it's like, which one do I believe? And yeah. do I just believe it whole hog and just do that a hundred percent and convince myself that's the way and dive into it and and then wake up one day and go, well, I'm gonna go this other way now. Right. And it's like it's complex, man. Like it's I, really complex. I mean, you know, hearing you talk about it really makes sense of it's almost like, well, whatever you choose. You have to make that choice. You know, it's it's got to work for you. Where you're like, this worked for him. I'll do it. okay. But are you really going to stick with it? Is this realistic? And you know, and I and I think a lot of it comes back to well, what do you want? How do you want to feel? Are you willing to make these choices? Yeah. Which again, I'm 
I don't always make these I choices. mean, but I look at you, and, and listen, I know this doesn't matter at all. It doesn't. Because you could look at me and say the same thing, and I'd go, no, I'm a mess. Yeah. I need so much work. I don't, I don't go like, that guy's got to get his shit together. I don't have that. I've worked really hard to get where I am. And it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, I think part of it, too, has been my dad is, you know, 82, and he's had some, some, some physical challenges, health challenges. And a lot of it start, started from one incident, you know, 17 years ago now. Had had his knee scoped and and it, it went sideways and since then it's been a spiral and you just see I, I think for me I turned fifty and 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 it's that thing of wow if, if I don't take care of myself now I'm seeing like you you see the 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 slide where it's very easy to just yeah. start down that slide and once you go down it's so hard to get back up it's so hard to reverse it so I think I've really felt I, I've really felt um, you know you can't you can't coast anymore. Yeah. The, 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 look at the numbers. The, the clock's running out on you, kid. Yeah. Start making some better choices. So I, I, I think turning 50 has been, um, you know, during the pandemic as well, has been a big shift for me in terms of, all right, you know, really like working with a trainer, working with a nutritionist. And, and I'm spending a lot of time working on me, on my mindset. And, you know, I've never been married, never have kids. I, I, at a certain point, when I look at all the relationships I've been in, there's one common denominator in all those relationships that didn't work out. It's this guy. Right. And so I've, you know, it's kind of, you, you, you at a certain point in life, if you're not getting those things you want or you say you want, you got to look in the mirror and say, well, do I really want that? And what am I doing? And how am I sabotaging that? And, and I always think whether it's therapy, whether it's self-help, whether it's a coach, whatever it is, anytime I think you get introspective, it benefits you. I agree. I think that there it can be a black hole too, though. Yeah. You can yeah. go so far in that you just go, I'm such a mess. There's no coming out of this. You know what I mean? Well, I, and I, yes, 100%. And I, I think that's where, and what I'm hearing, what I loved about what you said was having grace. Yeah. Because I, I, I know that's a thing I struggle with where if it's not perfect, fucking sucks yeah what a, what a what a waste yeah and you know it's it's something that served me well like i was an achiever i worked really hard in school i loved medical school and i loved being tested because i was good at it and i love sports where it's like you're being challenged and tested i think that achievement stuff really serves you well but then if you don't control it and it takes over other areas of your life when you don't do as well as you want which is 99 percent of the time it's like, wow, you're really, I was, I'm really unforgiving on myself. And then, you know, you, you talk yourself down. And so that's something I've really worked on is kind of having, having grace with it of saying, Hey, you know, not saying, well, you did, you gave it your best, but going, no, no. Did you, did you really, you know, are you improving right. and having that as your metric instead of, was I perfect? And I, you know, I've heard it like systems versus goals where goals, you're, you're always a failure until you get it. And then when you get it, it's like the new car. You're like, well, now what? Yeah, I think it's great to have a goal, but then highly focus on the system. Yeah. Because, like, you'll never get to the goal. Like, that should be more abstract. Yeah. You know, necessary. Huh. Periodically, but, you look up yeah. and, go, oh, there's okay. the North Star, but now back yeah. down into the forest. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, it, it's much easier to say at the end of the day, did I adhere to my system? Did I do it? When? Victory. Right. Like, don't look, don't look yet. Yeah, you're not, a, you know, yeah. you're, you're not down to 4% body fat or whatever you want. When you get back to why I think mindset is so important, where 
when when you are negative on yourself, when you're negative in the situation, it translates into more pain. It translates into you know depressed feelings. And, and I think that uh, you know really starting with yourself, which is you know really what I'm doing, and kind of giving yourself the grace and you know having gratitude and and focusing on the the little victories and the the things that are important, and you know really trying to cultivate that sense of optimism, the white pill, and kind of that growth. I, I look at that and, and it's a challenge. It's yeah. a, ch- and I think things like social media and the news are, are a real challenge. And it's, you know, you stand guard at the gate of your mind. Like think about what you're feeding. Cause I know I'll do that. Like I'll listen to, you know, flick through the things and you go down the rabbit hole going, Oh, it's just, Oh, I'm getting yeah. pissed. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. But, but it's, it's that thing of it's, it's hard. And it's so easy to just, especially with your phone Ooh. where we carry this, thing around where we have you know access to all the world's knowledge and instead we're looking at cat memes and yeah. tiktoks of people falling over to phil collins in the air tonight drum roll and, and 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 i'm i'm totally guilty of it it's it's really hard i think that's you know when you think about what you're you know what you eat think about what are you feeding your brain yeah like because because I, I you know i see it and it's it's very easy to get into to get into the refined sugar of what the content you consume for your brain. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not some puritanical guy, but I, I had to kind of become that way a little bit because I was such just like in so overly indulgent and (laughs) and such a hedon with every drugs. I'll do all the drugs. I'll do all the alcohol. I'll eat all the food. I won't care. I just want, this immediate stimulus yeah and and it got me to a really bad place where where in order to get to the other side i had to go like well i'm gonna make some real rules for myself you know and i'm gonna stick to them and now i can fudge those lines a little bit better than i could years ago but it's still like is this okay you know i wouldn't fudge those lines with booze and drugs i just wouldn't yeah I, I, I think, you know, what I'm, what I'm really hearing though, is the ability to have that conversation with yourself in an honest way. Yeah. What, like what you said, when you're walking to the kitchen, cause I keep saying this about me. I literally, I, I was running my ass off today, driving around go. And I was like, I'm hungry. There's a McDonald's. I drove through and I was sitting there and I'm like, Ugh. and then I saw a line at the drive through like, don't do it. And I drove out. Nice. But it was, you if know, there was again, no line. If there was no line, I would have been in yeah. there like. You know, Dr. Pepper yeah. fries because McDonald's fries that are so good. But it's it is that thing of wow, it's uh, you know being able to to because so often you're going, I know this isn't good for me, but I'm just ignoring it, focusing on the now instead of having that conversation. So it's it, it, that's actually illuminating to hear you say that. I'm like, that's a good technique. Talk to yourself honestly. Yeah, I I, I told uh, my my youngest kid is 14, and um and then the next one's 16, and I had been telling them since they were babies that mcdonald's was poison and just literally so that i couldn't go and get yeah. mcdonald's you know what i mean yeah. like if you're in the car no that place that's poison like okay now they think it's poison right. now it would be really bad if i took them to mcdonald's right. you know what i mean i'm right. sending them real mixed messages right. at that point and like i finally i think um 2019 took my 16 year old who was a little younger at the time uh to mcdonald's for the first time and was like you want to have the best fry 
She'd never had a McDonald's fry. Oh, my God. I said, do you want the best French fry? You like French fries, right? And she's like, yeah, I love French fries. Have you had McDonald's? No, it's the poison. The best French fries. And we sat down and shared a small bag of McDonald's fries. And it was a fucking great experience. Yeah. A wonderful experience. Has she, like, gone down the McDonald's fry hole now? Is... No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, no. Yeah. No. She goes to a school in another. She's not even here right now. But, but um, no, she hasn't. Yeah. It's been okay. I mean, you know, it wasn't like introducing her to crack cocaine. Well, you know, I think that, but I think that's the thing, you know, because at a certain point, you, it was probably wise of you to take her to there and say, all right. Here it is. Yeah. As opposed to her going and then finding it on her own, like, Dad lied? Yeah. These were good fries all along? Yeah. Like, what else did they lie about? You think back to the... I always think like, there's so many things from childhood that stay with us into our, you know, well, until now, you know, oh, your whole life. Yeah. Those those lessons, those fear, those things you learn often, you know, your relationship with food or your, you know, your fear, your confidence, whatever. Those those things from childhood. And and again, I think it's, you know, when you go back, whether it's therapy anyway, and just start saying, well, what did I take from my childhood? And what's, what's serving me? And what, what maybe could be improved Yeah, a little bit? Which is, you know, I, I think that's kind of the whole point, I think, is to try to be growing, right? To try to be, you know, being better, to try to be improving yourself and, you know, having an impact on your kids or, you know, however you're doing it. I think that that's kind of wow that's 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 a good goal to have in life yeah i agree matt thank you very much ethan my pleasure bud and now for the q a this comes from sean hi sean sean says i'm a 46 year old yo-yoer currently yoing towards the good yo with yo. a <laughs> with a goal of finding that middle road into middle age I appreciate your insight about ways to mitigate the swings. I'm someone who typically cuts weight with fasting cardio, but I now understand the need to add more strength training. At every turn, it seems like men our age are bombarded with low T ads that tell us that it's harder, if not impossible, to add muscle naturally as we age. Is this true? Do you have any tips? Where do you stand on T shots? And should we just say I'm assuming that means testosterone. <laughs> that's what he means. I'm just making sure I get it. I I don't know if that's true. I actually have no idea if that's true. Um, I think that if you if you get it looked at and there's a, like a healthy level for you to be at, there's like different levels, right? And at a certain point, it's actually unhealthy if you're too low. And then if you're high enough, then you're fine and you should be able to build muscle. And so I think you just have to get it checked. I would never take supplements that are branded to affect my hormones based on an Instagram or, or internet ad that don't require some kind of a doctor to be involved. That's just me. Um, but if your testosterone is within normal range, then you should be fine. Yeah, this is definitely one of those like check your get like a real blood test. Yeah, you got to see a doctor about this. I think I I don't think you should. I I don't. I would never suggest like go go to GNC and buy, you know, some kind of powder that says it's going to boost your testosterone. I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's smart. Um, but if you go see a doctor and the doctor's like. Yeah, you've got no testosterone. Get the tea, bro. 
Yeah, get the tea, bro. Yeah. Thank you for the question. If you have a question you would like me to answer on this podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>